listening to Tracksmack here on TracksmackRadio.com. Don Hall here with you. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of news to cover. Uh, we missed last week. That was my bad. Uh, but we'll get you all caught up. And by we, I mean, of course, me and the better half of the show, the guy that brings the credibility to it, Mike Haig. Mike, of course, runs RacedaySA.com. How are you, Mike? How are you doing this week? Hey, Dawn, I'm doing great. We came off a big weekend of racing um, with NHRA running up in the Indy and uh, the NASCAR race at um, Michigan. And then we also had the uh, Xfinity cars over in uh, Road America, so in Wisconsin. So big weekend of racing. And, uh, man, there was a lot to watch. And uh, I'm still just shaking my head right now. Hard to believe that Harvick just dominated both those races and took the victory. Uh, man, Tell you what, Don, he looked great this past weekend. Yeah, it absolutely did. And uh, I tell you, Mike, I enjoyed the doubleheader deal this yeah. weekend. I really did. I liked the shorter races. Um, mm-hmm. I thought they were exciting races, which, again, Michigan, though, is one of those tracks that since it was reconfigured or the repave a few years ago, it has really started to come into its own. And uh, I really enjoy when the cars go to Michigan. It's it. Does great racing. You know, you got the manufacturer's title on the line there. Um, there's a lot of pride, uh, racing for pride and stuff as long, you know, as far as those manufacturer teams go. And uh, poor Brad Keselowski, they're trying to get that that win, that elusive win in his home state and just couldn't get it done. Ended up taking out his teammate there, Ryan Blaney, while both of them were up there leading and, you know, racing there for uh, for first place at the time. Uh, very unfortunate, but at the same time, two guys that are locked in, you know, hey, doesn't really hurt them too bad. Exactly. And I tell you, going back to Harvick for a minute, uh, it's hard to believe, Don, 55 career wins. It's, it was his uh, series best six win of the season so far. You know, he's 44 years old. He's 10th on the NASCAR Cup Series all-times win list, and he's tied now with Rusty Wallace, a NASCAR uh, Hall of Famer. So, uh, man, um. Harvick has just had a great season, and, you know, he and Denny, both those guys just continue, like, week in and week out. They're the, they're the ones we're watching. Brad's in the middle of the mix there, but I tell you what, we're setting up a great playoff scenario that's getting ready to take place, and, and it won't be long. It's not right around the corner. I mean, I think this was, what, the 22nd race of the year so far? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to believe that we've got, that with with the COVID nineteen pandemic and everything that we've been able to get these twenty two races in. I mean, I have to really applaud NASCAR for what they're doing. They're 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 pulling it off where the other sports are having to cut back or you know sit out and. And so NASCAR is doing some good stuff. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's a part of me that again, I mean being the negative Nancy that I am, I I find it extremely hard to believe that we're not getting COVID positive cases. I think they're out there. I think we're just not hearing about them. And especially if, if they're on teams on crew members on teams, I don't think we will hear about them. I think that, you know, there's enough people to swap in and out that I, I don't, I just don't think that it would be worth raining on NASCAR's parade to talk about that. Do you? <laughs> They're going to keep that quiet, I think, because uh, you know, things are going, things are going too well right now. I mean, you know, they're they want to complete this season. They want to get these races in, and um, and hey, uh, how about how about this? You know, uh, for Harvick, Dawn, it was his fourth win in the last five Michigan races, and he also earned the Heritage Trophy for Ford, Ford Motor Company. 
And we have a little uh, comment from uh, Harvard talking about that. Here's what he had to say. Well, you know, Michigan is is just a, overall an important race for, you know, everybody at Ford and Roush Yates and, and really all the teams. They, they, they make you well aware of, of the importance of the Heritage Trophy and, and how much they want to keep it in their lobby. So, you know, I got a nice text from Edsel Ford last night to make sure that uh, he, he, he knew that uh, – that I knew how happy he was, but um, he made sure that I was well aware that they didn't want to keep it for one day and they wanted to bring that trophy back. So we're just really happy for everybody at Ford. Our, our Bush uh, Light Apple Ford Mustang was really fast again today. I had a little bit of trouble there at the end and in three and four, and, and Denny was uh, really, really good down there. So uh, we were able to uh, do a little defensive driving and, and keep him back there and make it to Victory Lane again. And there you go, Don. So he definitely was happy. And who would have thought he had trouble there at the end? I mean, he looked like he was on on a rail and easy driving. I mean, it, it looked simple from from my point of view. <laughs> Him and uh, Rodney Childers, there, they are clicking. They've got some really, really good things going on there on that four team. I mean, right now it kind of seems like, I, I know we've had other guys winning, but it really seems like, I guess, that we're – Right now, a, a, a two-man race for the championship here between Hamlin and Harvick. Yeah, and then, you know, Chris Gabehart is, uh, you know, the crew chief over there for Hamlin. And, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, he, both these guys, well, they went over and shook hands afterwards. And um, Dawn, I mean, there's almost a rivalry between the, the uh, crew chiefs, just like the drivers. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, didn't, uh, I, I think this week, didn't you mention to me uh, that Rodney had made some comments to talking about the rivalry that's going on as well? Yeah, we had that audio. So you want to hear it? Yeah, I think now's perfect time. Let's go ahead and hear it. Okay, so this is from uh, the Trade and Paint show with John Roberts. Uh-huh, and Chocolate Myers. Yeah, and then they uh, had uh, Rodney on the uh, show, I believe it was on Monday. So here we go. So, Rodney, rivalries are just simply great for sports, in my opinion. The rivalry you guys have going on right now, a very a very respectful one between yourself, uh, your, your four-car, and the number 11 team of Denny Hamlin. Do, do you like being in a head-to-head rivalry? Like, I mean, I know you, that you'd prefer uh, to uh, run away with everything, but are there, are there benefits to, to having one team that you're kind of in a rivalry with, that you're, you're trying to outdo on any given weekend, and you get some incentive from that? Honestly, I think you have to have that. You know, you look back at the history of the sport, and there's always been a couple teams that have had rivalries. And, and I don't think I would call it a rivalry. I, you know, those guys have been so respectful to us, and, and I feel like we have been the same to them. And, um, you know, I think it's something that has grown since Gabe Hart became the crew chief over there. And, uh, you know, Gabe Hart and I have known each other for a long time. We both came from karting. And, um you know, I've always wanted to see him get a chance as a cup crew chief and he's made the best out of it. And, and, you know, his relationship with Denny has just turned out to be a great one. And, and it, you know, reminds me of, of what Kevin and I have. And, you know, they have, you know, Gibbs is one of the best places there is. It always will be. And uh, they've got the right tools and, and the right things to work with. And they've got the right people. And, you know, they're just doing a, a really good job. So, you know, to have them, to, to be able to race against like that every week, it pushes us to be better. You know, if we were just kind of by ourselves, we would get relaxed on some things and, and not be able to push, push ourselves. And, um, you know, you can't, you can't race like that. You have to be pushed every, every single day. And, um, but you know, we've, we've enjoyed it. I, I think they have to, um, you know, we kid with each other during the weekends and, and we have a great time with it. We shake hands after every race and, 
um, you know, hopefully, you know, the two of us can make it to the final four and be able to race for a championship. I think that's the, the fair thing, uh, from a sports standpoint is that the two guys that have been like this all year deserve to race for a championship. And hopefully, uh, you know, the both of us can, can do that and, and race at the end of the year. And there you go, Don. And I tell you what, uh, it's great to see the camaraderie between these guys. You know, they're, they're very, uh, they respect each other. They respect what each other does on for their respective teams. And it's great to see that sportsmanship. It's great to see that little competitiveness, you might say, between the two. Mm-hmm. And um, I really think that these two guys are going to be going down to maybe the, the final four there in the last, you know, couple races when we hit the playoffs, if we get to that point of the of the season, hopefully we can have those race, you know, races at those tracks when we get to that part of the uh, the uh, the uh, country. But uh, I just think it's great to to hear what uh, Rodney had to say. Yeah, no, definitely agree. And I mean, the two, like you said, I mean, it's. I like the rivalry thing. I like the rivalry between the drivers. I like the fun little fake rivalry between the crew chiefs and stuff too. Again, I mean, I, I miss those days of when we, we did have more of that kind of stuff. I think it makes it exciting. So, um, And not only that, it makes those guys want to work even harder on that pit road. You know, it's one thing to do it for your driver. It's another thing when you're doing it and you're, you know, those those guys are competitive amongst themselves too. those teams. So uh, that's always fun stuff, too. And, you know, Don, uh, I, I, we talked about this last week on last week's show. Um, I mentioned that the Dell Jr. Download had, uh, I believe it was last week, if I have the date correctly, they, uh, Dell had uh, Rodney Childers on. Mm-hmm. And uh, funny, funny stories he was telling. I mean, you know, as, as a small kid taking his dad's truck and the jet ski and his dad let him, you know, he and his buddy – I think he was like 10 or 12 years old and they took him, took the jet skis to the lake and his dad just let him go out on the lake. They were out on the lake all day unsupervised and nothing happened. And, 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 uh, just some you know crazy funny stories. Rodney is quite the character. Um, he comes across sometimes kind of like dry and kind of mellow, you know, but, uh, there's a different side to him and, um, he's got a great relationship with Kevin it's working there, but you know, Rodney comes from a background where he actually raced himself. So mm-hmm. um, that really, uh, I think that's helping Kevin. And it just seems like it's a good, good pairing between those two drivers, just like Chad and Jimmy had for all those years. Uh, it's great to see when a crew chief in a car, you know, uh, the the driver of the car get get along. And um, sometimes it does, it's not always that way. Mm-hmm. And we sometimes see the conflict with some of these guys, but um, I think it's really great that uh, things are going so well for Kevin and, and Rodney. Well, and you know, it's funny, Mike, because this year over at Penske, remember we had like the complete crew chief swap on all three drivers and look though, I mean, it, it's amazing because I guess that goes to show you as far as that team goes, how closely they all work together because you've got all three drivers, you know, chase eligible now with wins, yeah. um, didn't seem to, to really hurt them. I mean, I know it, it took a little bit long. It seemed like Joey Logano clicked really well there and, and, and kind of, you know, took off first, but, uh, you know, Brad's team is very successful. Blaney's been running up front quite a bit yeah. in a lot of these races. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I don't know. It's just kind of weird because you do have certain teams that work better together. Their drivers work better together than other teams as well. So um, I wonder sometimes if that Joe Gibbs uh, teams work all that well together. I don't think that there's a lot of 
camaraderie between teammates over there. Doesn't appear to be that way. You would think with Coach Joe Gibbs being, um, you know, a former football coach, he could bring that team together using that football mentality, you know, with teamwork and, and takes a team to make it happen. But I think, you know, I remember listening to Dell Jr. on the download show um, talk one time about the importance of communication. It all comes down to, to communication between the driver and the crew chief. And there's got to be that trust factor has to be there. They have to be able to trust one another. And I think if um, there's any breakdown there, I think that's where things start falling apart. The teams that are successful, the driver trusts the crew chief, the crew chief trusts the driver. The spotter is also important as well. We, you know, we, we, we've seen that, you know, communication between the driver, the spotter and the crew chief. It's like a three-way triangle that has to, all fit together. And I think that's what, what the, the key ingredient there is. So um, something to think about. When it comes here, we just brought this up about JGR and about that trust that you're saying between teammates. I wonder too, how much it, there's trust just in the organization in general, because you have a driver like Eric Jones currently there in that 20 car who came out today and, or came out this week actually, and basically said, he was blindsided by the news. Uh, last time he had talked and checked, he was still good to go, getting ready to possibly do an extension there at JGR in that 20, and then he was blindsided with the news. And that seems to be, Mike, unfortunately, the way things are going, it seems. I mean, we heard the same story, remember, uh Last year with Ricky Stenhouse Jr., you know, yeah. getting blindsided, yeah. uh, you know, with his moves and stuff. And I just wonder, you know, why is that? Is it because nowadays with social media and stuff, we don't have time to sit on things? And um, But that's what I'm wondering if maybe it's just nowadays there's just there's no anonymity, right? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anymore. And it's like, I mean, as soon as something is said, whispered, whatever, it's out there. Um, so I guess they have to move quickly sometimes, even before deals are even done, Some, you know, because they don't want things getting back. Eric Jones, of course, you know, we learned would be out. Christopher Bell would be will be moving to that 20 car. It was also confirmed this week. And yeah. um, you said uh, Christopher Bell, they talked to him today, uh, correct? Yes, they talked to him today. He, he um, met with the media they did a media availability uh, press conference and here's a few things what chris had to say today at that uh press conference here we go yeah just a lot of stress it's really rewarding to be able to know that i've got a job for next year um obviously things are kind of up in the air there for a minute with uh the whole levine situation but i'm very grateful that i get to continue my partnership with toyota uh, i think everybody on this call knows that toyota has been a huge part of my entire career and I'm very, very grateful that I get to continue that relationship. Yeah, it was very, uh, I mean, uncomfortable, I guess is a good way to put it. But, you know, I don't think any of us, myself, Joe Gibbs Racing, Toyota, none of us expected uh, the whole LFR deal to go down like it did. Um, so I think that put everybody in a, in a little bit of a box. But, uh, you know, I, I, there was a, a time period, you know, a couple, couple weeks ago or whatever that I wasn't sure how I was going to be able to continue my Toyota relationship. And, and I was pretty scared by that just because um, they've been, you know, my my centerpiece of, of basically my career, whether that's NASCAR racing or dirt racing. And, you know, I, I didn't want that to end. So um, I'm very grateful that and I've already said that once, but I am extremely grateful that I get to continue that relationship and continue to drive Camrys on Sundays and, and race with TRD 
uh, hopefully do the grassroots part for a long time to come. And Don, I think that's a good move for him moving over to that 20 car. He finished the race 17th on Sunday and Chris, uh, Christopher Bell, he's, you know, done a fairly good job in the ride that he's had this year, considering, you know, the, the, the problem, you know, with the team, a little bit of, you know, money and they're a one car team and new to that ride this year. So, I think he's doing fairly well, and I think it's a good move. The guy's got a lot of talent. I mean, we've seen him at Texas Motor Speedway many times in other series racing, and he's the kid can really drive the car. Yeah, definitely, and and so can Eric Jones. I mean, Eric, yeah. and you know, let, Mike, let's not forget that there's been guys in that twenty car that, that have left, didn't have a lot of success in the twenty car, and have left. Well, one guy in particular that would be Joey Logano left, went to Penske and became a champion. Um, you know, we've also seen um, Daniel Suarez in there, but, and then Daniel ended up going to a lower tier car, but, you know, I think Suarez is still out there and considered a, a pretty damn good driver. I mean, we watched yeah. him dominate in the Xfinity series. So uh, just like Christopher Bell and others. So that could be an interesting deal. I find it interesting too, Mike, that when, when names are being floated up for silly season, one name in particular that everyone has on their list is Kyle Larson. And you and I talked about this off the air uh, earlier today. And I was saying, you know, while some people may look at him as being risky to to bring back in, um, I mean, definitely, if you're looking at his what he's doing off the track over in the uh, dirt series, he is the hottest driver right now. <laughs> I mean, in racing, uh, has to be considered the hottest driver right now. I mean, I, even more so than Kevin Harvick, if you're just yeah. going to break it down and say in racing. But I mean, the, the kid's winning almost everything he's entering when he goes to a track. I mean, the, he's just complete dominance. Well, and while, again, while like I was saying, while some people may consider it risky to bring him in, I think there are plenty of sponsors out there that would be willing to jump on a comeback story, a comeback kid kind of story, especially because they know that he has the ability to win. I think you could turn it around as a positive. He has yeah. completed his, what was required of him for NASCAR. What sensitivity are they? training Sensitivity course. training courses. He's been doing a lot of charity stuff uh, yeah. out there with different black organizations and stuff. He's been doing a lot of things like that. And I... You know, Mike, I have mixed feelings on it because I don't like what he said. Okay. I did, I, I did not like what he said. I also feel like people, everyone makes mistakes. We all do. Oh, no yeah. one is perfect. I've made plenty. <laughs> right. And, and in the scheme of things, there are a lot worse things out there that have been done or, oh, you know, yeah. or said, <laughs> or said, and I'm all for second chances. I, I truly yeah. believe in second chances. And I think if this, this could be a positive or it could be turned into a positive and it can, yeah. it can definitely be, it was a teaching, you know, situation oh, for him. I'm sure. Moment. Yeah. Not just for him, but for others, for others. Um, and I think that there are teams out there and sponsors out there that would be willing to be on board that, side of it and and help him get back in find his way back in i tell you what yeah. would be very interesting <laughs> and and i know people will probably think that i'm being off the wall here but i think it would be extremely interesting if there was some sort of black ownership possibility that came in 
and offered him something or or black owner sponsorship and Mike nowadays I mean the way we're all trying to turn things around and come together and do things together I don't think it's far-fetched to think that that couldn't happen yeah I could see somebody like maybe like Shaq killing him you know there's a lot of new eyes on NASCAR currently yeah so Never know. I just threw his name out because he's been to some of the NASCAR races before and he was at the IndyCar race at Texas a number of years ago. And, and, uh, I mean, a guy like him, you know, he, he seems like every company that he does commercials for, you know, excels. Mm -hmm. Um, but I could see a guy like him getting behind, you know, uh, a driver or, you know, even a driver like Bubba, you know, and, um, so I don't know. I mean, just there's, there's people out there that, and there's definitely the opportunity yes. to bring new, new, new life, new sponsors, new people into the sport and diversify it a little bit. Absolutely. Well, um, before we move off of the races this past weekend at Michigan, we want to talk about, of course, uh, the ratings have come out. And according, yeah, the ratings do this week. Yeah. According to Adam Stern from uh, the Sports Business Journal, uh, NBCSN earned a 1.01 rating and 1.649 million viewers for Saturday's NASCAR Cup race from Michigan, while Sunday's event earned a 1.43 and a 2.371 million. That's down from 1.8 and 2.9 million last year as NASCAR faced added competition this weekend from PGA Championship, NBA, and NHL. So. Um, and again, Mike, I'm going to throw this out there. You, you and I have said it the last few weeks. I think the biggest factor in that too is NBCSN. NBCSN is a harder channel. Not everyone has it. It is not on all platforms. Um, on a I lot agree. of them, it's considered a, a bonus platform. About, a lot of people complain about that. Mm-hmm. Like Fox FS1 is easier to get than NBCSN. Yeah. And we also got to throw in the NHRA was running uh, live on Fox. Okay. On on the big big network as well. So you had they were going up against that as well. So that that that, that was a factor on Sunday though. Uh, Sunday only. There was only only NHRA coverage was Sunday. So. Well, for those who didn't watch, you missed a, uh, two damn good races. That's all I can say. So. I agree. Um, one of the other things, Mike, that was interesting to come out over the weekend, and I believe it was on Saturday, was Bubba Wallace. He actually had talked with uh, Marty Schneider there after the race, uh, had a really good finish there on Saturday. I want to say finished ninth, I believe, or it was in the top 10, and yeah. made a comment, went on to make a comment to say uh, basically that there's a big deal on the line. Uh, there and he was telling Marty that he thought that that finish could do nothing but help him and help this deal and just to say a prayer and so of course everyone starts asking hmm what's that about I thought it might be a a potential win I mean were you thinking when you had that shot on the second row hey we might be able to pull this thing off because you made a bold move to the middle yeah um, can't count your eggs for the hatch um, but, uh, but a solid day for us and our Victory Junction Chevrolet. Uh, appreciate everybody back at the shop. I know this whole COVID-19 deal has been tough. I haven't been able to go to the shop and show my, show my appreciation and how much they really work and, and make our cars better uh, week in and week out. So 
it's it's been fun. You know, we're in the middle of, of silly season right now, so sure. my mind is is there. It's here. So to come out with a solid top ten finish for us is is positive. We got a lot of work to do. I was not happy with the car, but I think that's the racer mentality. I don't know if Harvick's happy about his car either. <laughs> so we always uh, we always strive to be better. But all in all, a solid day. Um, the choose rule. Good job, NASCAR. That was fun. That was yeah. cool. It brought me back to the shootout days. Um, uh, I didn't piss as many people off as I did uh, at the shootout as today, so it was all good. Yeah, I remember some of those nights at the shootout, um, but we won't talk about that. Yeah. Hey, but when you, these runs are great, right? Are they even better when you know, hey, I get to I get to turn around and do this in less than 24 hours tomorrow? Uh, absolutely. Uh, the race distance is, is a lot of fun. Uh, it's something to look at, too, for sure. Um, but, man, Marty, say a prayer for us. Everybody say a prayer for us. There's a big deal on the line right now and and this could only help so much uh, i've yet to check my phone to see the status of it but okay this will uh this will send us over the top if we can get it done so it's been a, a lot of hard work off the racetrack for my team everybody involved to uh to make things better and that's what we're trying to do so putting solid gut runs together having awesome restarts all night this is only going to help the effort so i'm definitely smiling so it's a good deal a little teaser and a cliffhanger from bubba wallace who winds up with a top 10 but had a terrific run all well then later on it was reported that uh, both RPM's uh, co-owner and Wallace uh, confirmed that Wallace has um, already has ownership in RPM currently, and he has been offered more to stay. Wow! Which was I didn't know that. Yeah, and I did hear that from Marty Snyder, you know, during the race stuff. But yeah, so that had come out, and then also. Um, he is not locked and loaded yet with RPM, and he has been offered something from Chip Ganassi Racing, which would be to drive the number 42 car next season. So there is that well, offer there, out yeah. there. Yeah, and that might be a good offer for him. Well, okay, the only negative that I see in this situation is if it doesn't happen, then Mike, it, it is no secret from anyone that if this doesn't happen and Bubba goes that you are pretty much seeing the last of RPM. That's what I'm afraid of. Um, it's and, it's and no secret that this is, there's no one out there. I know that they're, one of their co-owners has been floating it out there. Oh, we've been getting contacts from other drivers. No one worth, like that's going to bring in multi, multi sponsorships and stuff. And I mean, Bubba already had some sponsorship deals and they were struggling. So, you know, in order for them, they would have to have a big name coming in with a big sponsorship deal in order to get them where they need to be. And I don't, unfortunately, I don't see that happening if Bubba does not stay there. And it's sad because I see this team on the cusp of something big. Well, you bring out a great point. And I look at the results and Bubba is consistently, you know, uh, if he has a good race, he's around eighth, ninth, 10th, but usually he's around 16th, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, those, those places there. So it's, it's either one or the other, but he just doesn't really have the equipment and everything they need to get him to crack the top five or to get the win. He's so close. Yeah. He's got the talent. I really believe he has the talent. He just lacks the equipment and the necessary things that they need. So maybe uh, another driver comes on or, you know, more sponsors come on and this could be the shot in the arm that he needs to propel him into that winner circle. I just want to remind some people that, <laughs> 
I, I know people like to give Bubba a hard time and stuff. I mean, on online and on. I want to say right now, I think he's what, like 20th in points or something like that? Somewhere around there, yeah. Like Don, like he finished ninth in Saturday's race and 21st on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the average. He's right around that 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 and part again, of the uh, finishing order. But again, we have to point out, Mike, that that a lot of times doesn't have to do with his driving ability. It has to do with what they're able to do with those cars that they're yeah. bringing. And they're not bringing the same stuff that these bigger teams are bringing. You know, I just want to point out that for okay. right now, if you looked at the current standings right now, outside of the playoffs in 17th, 18th and 19th position, you have Eric Jones, you have Jimmy Johnson, and then, of course, Tyler Reddick, which Tyler Reddick, though, that's look, I mean, he's he's right there. I mean, and, and you know, he, he's a rookie that's been doing really, really well. So but I'm looking at like Eric Jones and Jimmy. Jo- I mean, Jimmy Johnson, that's huge. But then right above that, that are only in on points, Mike, from 11th spot through 16th is Eric Amarola, Kyle Bush, Kurt Bush, Clint Boyer, Matt DiBenedetto and William Byron. So when people want to talk shit about Bubba and talk about where he's at, I get it. But if you want to go from the 11th position down, there's a lot of big name guys that have not locked themselves in yet. They're only in by the skin of their teeth on points. And yeah, and with the Daytona road course, this coming weekend coming up, it's going to make that even more interesting. I have to laugh because, uh, Man, I think we're going to see some wild stuff this coming weekend at Daytona because a lot of these guys have never been on that road course, and you, this could really shuffle the, that that part of the point standings could really get shuffled around. Daytona is definitely going to be. I mean, Daytona is always like a w- grab bag of <laughs> of anything that can it's, happen. It's a crap shoot. It is yeah. total crapshoot, and it's really going to be a crapshoot now. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm excited for it. Anyway, Mike, I mean, I like I said, I don't want to get too far out there with stuff yet, but um, it could be a big deal either way. I'll just yeah. say that. And in the end, yeah. I don't I don't hate Bubba if he if he goes to, you know, gonna, dude, he has to go with what he feels is going to be best, uh, uh, the best situation for him. And if the best situation he feels is going to be at Chip Ganassi Racing, then who, you know, no one could yeah. blame well, him. I just feel, I feel bad for him because I feel like he already gets shit anyways from, from haters, but he's going to be in a position where honestly, like he has that pressure of knowing that if he walks away from RPM, the likelihood is RPM, like he's what's keeping RPM afloat and it's his responsibility. Yeah. And here's the thing. He walks away I mean, he's still a partial owner. I don't know if that has to do with or if he's he's got some stake in the game. So I'm wondering, does that mean if he's not driving for them anymore, does does he does it absolve all that? Or is that I mean, is this still something on the sell that part or? Yeah. How does that work? But I I don't know, Mike. I mean, that's a lot of pressure to put on him, especially with everything that has gone on this season. And with that team, he has become extremely close with a lot of people on that team. And I'm sure that that weighs heavily. It's all about opportunity. And if he has an opportunity to move over to Chip Ganassi Racing, where there's a lot more potential advancement, you know, and in, in finishing races, you know, higher in the field, he's got to take that opportunity. I, I believe it's all about, you know, taking a chance. And 
there's only so so many rides out there. I mean, you only have so many cars. Well, that's another and thing, Mike, that we heard. I mean, tell me about Through the Grapevine as well, but it's yeah. all, you know, I mean, this 48 car, so many people talking about that 48 yeah. car. That, that car might go away. We keep hearing that, that Hendrick Motorsports may uh, narrow their field down to three cars in the stable. Well, and, what, and we're, what we're hearing, though, is that the 48 may not go away. It may be the 88 that goes away. Yeah, and that's that what I meant. Bowman will go to the 48. Yeah. Um, we've, we've also heard stuff that Stuart Haas Racing may be losing a car as well. It could go away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, opportunities only come around so many, so often. They're few and far between sometimes. So Bubba might, may have to take the opportunity and go with it. And again, it may work out that he stays where he is and a better deal comes to the 43 team. So just keep your eye on that situation because I think we're going to hear something soon. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So, so Don, besides uh, NASCAR, we uh, go to Daytona and then we also have the Indy, uh, Indianapolis, uh, the preview for the 500 coming up this weekend. Yeah. And you have so many people, you know, you've got your current Indy 500 reigning champion. Simon Pagenaud was out there talking today and putting it out on Twitter and stuff. Just how weird it's going to feel you know, it, it's not going know, that they've raced. Yeah. I mean, and that of all and, the races, the Indy 500 with no fans, you know. And what's weird. Okay. So the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and Lucas Oil Raceway, where the drag strip and the round track is, are six miles apart. And they're in, but they're in two different counties. Mm -hmm. And the county that the Motor Speedway is in is not going to allow all the fans that they need, that they really want to have there i think they have what, like 20 or 25 percent capacity yeah there's a lot of concern because you know that track holds what three hundred thousand. Oh, like 350 or something like that so 25 percent of that that's still a lot of people and they're really worried about you know everything from staffing it with officials and security and medical and it just didn't really work out to have the fans there. So it's hard to believe, though, that just down the street, we can have a, you know, an NHRA drag race. But it, but again, they're in two different counties. But but Dawn, um, eight past champions uh, or eight, eight past winners from the Indy 500 will be in the field this year for the Indy 500. And uh, just real quick, uh, practice opens on Wednesdays and we're recording Tuesday night. So tomorrow. They'll, they'll start off with practice. It's going to run through Friday this week. It's called the – and then they're going to have the uh, Crown Royal Armed Forces Qualifying. That's scheduled for Saturday. I don't have the times in front of me. I just have the dates when this is going to be. Um, I'm sure at IndyCar.com, if you go to IndyCar.com, you can get all the exact TV times, the television schedule. And then the qualifying is Saturday and Sunday. And then the tr traditional final practice – has been expanded this year. It's going to be two hours. It's going to be part of the Miller Lite Carb Day. That's going to be held on Friday, August the 21st. And then the NBC's live coverage of the 500 begins on 1 p.m. Sunday, August 23rd. And the green flag is set for 2.30 p.m. Central. And it says uh, Central Indy, Indy Car fans can watch the race live on WTHR 13, Channel 13 there in Indianapolis. So, uh that's where you can see the race. So um, I'm kind of excited. Uh, I mean, at least we're going to have the race. It's going to be weird to have it in the month of August. Yeah. Versus May. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it's going to be hot. <laughs> uh, very hot there, considering. And get this, two-time Formula One world champion Fernando Alonso returns this year. He's going to be trying to qualify. He's going to be in the Aero McLaren SP car. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be the, um, his attempt, it says here, is going to be just the second driver joining Graham Hill to complete the triple crown of global auto racing victories in the Indianapolis 500 at 24 hours of Le Mans and the Monaco Grand Prix. So uh, good luck, Alonzo. We also I've, got confirmation today. J.R. Hildebrand has a ride and is going to be in it. Yeah. Um, that's huge. That was, that was exciting. Of course, we have Rick Ware Racing. Uh, everyone over in NASCAR is familiar with Rick Ware Racing, a good old Texas boy there. And they've got a car that they have fielded for the Indy 500 field. Um, so that's big news there as well. And uh, I, I don't know, yeah, Mike. Eight Eight former winners, five rookies, a total of 15 U.S. drivers and 18 international drivers. And then there's 33 different engines. There's seven, 17 Chevrolets and 16 Hondas. So uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be cool. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just really glad that they're at least having the race that that event didn't get called off. I think the last time I think they we didn't have any 500 was I think World War II. Mm, yeah uh hey world war ii the same time that the uh yeah <laughs> that the flu pandemic of 1917 ended according to our oh, president man. <laughs> you had to go there i'm sorry that was just so funny it really was funny so anyway um big news okay so actually right now as you get in here okay wait before i go to nhra tony Kanon, big news of course, we've already got him confirming that he will be racing in this new series that Tony Stewart and um, yeah. Ray Everham have put together. So we've, yeah. we've got him confirming on that. Well, we also have him coming out and saying, OK, first of all, I never said that I was going away forever and very much contemplating, Mike, whether this will be his last season, especially with everything that has gone on with COVID and stuff. I have a feeling if if Tony can get the sponsorship, you know, to, to stick with him um, and if they've got room for him there still, um, I have a feeling Tony Kanan may run one more season and make next season, hopefully in front of fans, be his final <laughs> season there. Um I thought that was huge news to hear that. And, and of course, you know, I'm a little biased. I'm a, I'm a big TK fan. So the longer I can have him around and watch him, the better. Well, there's also some tracks that he likes to race at that he's not been able to say goodbye to mm-hmm. and do his last race at. It's a, you know, they're having an abbreviated season this year. Um, they've doubled up on certain events. So it's not the same. And so in, in the media, we've asked them that question about – have you considered? Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. never really ruled it out, you know, coming back one more year or doing the, the last lap, you know, in 2021, the last lap, the real, real last lap tour. I mean, hell, didn't Mark Martin retire and come back several times? Terry Labonte. <laughs> I mean, several of them didn't. <laughs> Matt Kenseth is back, you know, I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, well, uh, Jeff Gordon came back, remember, for a race or two to drive for oh. Dale Jr. when Dale Jr. Confession, yeah, yeah. Um, Mike, I so, know too. We talked, never say never, <laughs> never say never, uh, never say it's the end, you know. And then, yeah, Mike, right. we were talking earlier about the COVID stuff, and here's what I find interesting. 
um, I wanted to throw out to you because I got, okay, so all this other news has been going on that we were talking about. And then Mike, on my way home this evening, I get a call from my aunt. Um, as you know, my grandmother is in a nursing home. Um, and not in good shape at all. In fact, we've all pretty much come to grips with the fact that it could be any day she's on hospice, that kind of thing. Um, she had a stroke a couple of years ago and has just continued to go downhill and not recover. Well, we get news that today she is now tested positive for COVID along with 38 other people in the nursing home. And when I say that, Mike, you know, as well as I do, the little town she's in Gonzales (laughs) is this tiny little town. Um, the nursing home is not big. It is closed off. No one's. Go ahead. Probably one worker who services all the rooms could be like a LVN or a mm-hmm. maid or janitor. And that's how that stuff spreads. And that nursing homes are very vulnerable to that. Nursing homes, hospitals. And let me tell you, Mike, I can tell you right now firsthand from on the hospital standpoint, because my my boss, you know, confirmed this yeah. right now. Sh- hospitals and nursing homes and others, as far as medical staff, they are so short staffed. They cannot afford. So if, if a doctor or someone tests positive, there is a, there is a good likelihood that that doctor or nurse will still continue on with their job. They, and the reason why is because they already come there and they are covered in PPE, you know, at these places anyway. So, well, maybe not so much nursing. For it to get passed, I mean, that's weird in the nursing yeah. home, but still. Um, but they can't afford for these people to not be there because then if you start going back and doing the tracing thing, you would basically lose your entire staff to be quarantined. So um, it's a risk that they're replaced. getting replacements. It's next to impossible. Yeah. So it's a risk that they're willing to take. I mean, yeah. right now they have to. Um, but. My point to that is, is, you know, we we watch and we hear the good news coming out of the NBA and the NBA bubble and the testing that they're doing, that those guys are doing. They have a daily test that they're doing that a lot of people wish that they had this daily test that's being done. I can tell you firsthand because we've talked to people on teams, you know, who are on teams at these tracks every day um, or every week. NASCAR teams are not tested. They are scanned. They do a temperature check. Okay. So that's the other thing, Mike, is when we were talking about that earlier is, you know, if you're not tested, I hate when I see people tweet out something as ignorant as, hey, well, we're still COVID free over here. We don't have it. It's like, how do you know? Did you go get tested for it? Because if you're asymptomatic, you don't know. Um, So, (laughs) you know, and apparently my grandmother is asymptomatic there in the hospital or, or in the nursing home these are the things, Mike, that I just find amazing. And you've been tweeting out a lot about it and Facebooking a lot. Now that you are now a newly retired teacher, you know, you've got a lot of, your wife is a teacher. You have a lot of friends who are teachers. You have a child that. He's a senior in high school. Yeah. That's a senior in high school. So you are very much vested in this (laughs) current situation and what's going on. And, I just, as much, again, I love being able to see these races. I, I love it. I know that these teams and these guys are taking risks going out there. But I don't know that any of this is worth 25% crowd, you know, because I, even you pulling those 25% out there, 
I'm going to give you one more example. You know this. I went to the rodeo this weekend, one that you suggested to me. Yeah. Bought my Mesquite tickets. Mesquite Championship Rodeo in Mesquite, Texas. Yes. Uh, bought my tickets. 25% capacity of the place sold. Um, so I you know, bought my tickets online. I get in there and we go to sit down. By the way, by the way good job on those videos you shot. You did a good, pretty pretty good job of oh, did covering, I? covering the event, all the the. The Facebook lives. Oh, I was I was drinking, so I didn't know how good those oh, came good out. Good job. Okay. I was enjoying the show. <laughs> and <laughs> by the, the bull riding. Well, and by the way, I had to take I we took my brother in law from South Africa was here, and he wanted to go to a rodeo, so we found him a rodeo to go to. My husband has been to one in Kansas, and so we we did that as well there, and and both enjoyed it. But my point to this was, we went, we go to sit down in our seats, and there are assigned seats. And there's yeah. two people sitting in the seats right next to us. Now, yeah. I didn't take the time to say, did y'all, are y'all supposed to be in those seats or not? In fact, there was room further down our row. So we just moved down. Yeah. But I can tell you there was not social distancing going on in, in many places down in the VIP seats. Now, again, I don't know if these people came in groups, maybe together, maybe they were all family. So yeah. they felt okay. You had to wear a mask while you were in any of the common areas. So going down to concessions, bathrooms, whatever mask, um, okay. you could remove the mask though, when you were in your seat. And okay. I can tell you, I went and could have kicked my own ass. If I, if I could have done it and been effective, I would have, because I knew I should wear jeans probably and not shorts, but what do I wear? I wear shorts and a sleeveless shirt because it's freaking you know, 250 degrees outside. And I get Absolutely. there Oh my God, that air condition was pumping. I guess we got to keep the animals cold. I don't know because it was pumping, <laughs> which all that concerns me because this is an airborne disease and that kind of thing. So I don't know, Mike, I just, I wonder as, as much as I enjoyed it, you know, I'm struggling because as much as I enjoyed it, as much as I would enjoy going to a race, I'm just wondering, is it worth it? And I can yeah. tell you, I had a good time. But when I left there, there was that factor of concern. Well, and I will be honest with you. I wore my mask quite a bit of the time, except when I was drinking beer, um, because I just didn't want to sit there and pull the mask down, pull the mask down, you know, whatever. So, yeah, the only, understandable. you know, and it was just my brother-in-law and my husband that were next to me. So I felt OK, excuse me, OK there. But I can tell you, I didn't feel OK for a lot of other people that were sitting way too close to each other yeah. with no mask. I even asked you watching your videos, I was looking at the people in front of you that were down off to your, as you looked out toward the arena, they were off to your left. And I was noticing that some of the people you could see, they turned their head and talk, they weren't wearing masks and others were. And I was like, that's weird. Mm -hmm. Maybe masks aren't required. Yeah. So that county or something, I you know, but well, but, I want to just, yeah. I'm going to wrap this up by just saying, <laughs> <laughs> we can't see my grandmother as it is. Okay. I mean, you know, yeah. we can't get in so we can, my aunt goes and sees her outside of the window. My grandmother is to the point where she doesn't even really have the strength to pick up a telephone to listen to my aunt talk to her. But it hit my aunt tonight that God forbid, if something is to take a turn for the worse with this COVID thing and my grandmother goes down, we can't, there's no one that can go be by her side. There's nothing that can be done. And Mike, in the end, yeah. my point that's, to that is, is it worth, 
your enjoyment going out and going to those races or going to football games or, you know, yeah. is it all worth it to know that you may be fine, but somebody else may have to suffer and lose somebody that that's, they love? That's true. And that's one of the reasons why I've been so adamant on Facebook, sharing stories about the, the concerns with the teachers and, and schools, because, you know, CBS News and several of the other Networks, uh, yesterday's news, 97,000 um, kids, 17 and under, have tested positive in the last two weeks. And everybody's like, well, why is it, why all of a sudden, well, kids are going back to school. You have football camps, volleyball camps, cross-country practices. The bands are all coming back now, the marching bands at some of these schools. All these kids have been home away from each other are now back together and they're starting to inter intermingle and they're trying to keep them socially distanced. But Don, like at my high school where I, I retired from, we have 250 kids in the band. It's a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. You can't get 250 kids socially distanced and, you know, playing the instruments and they're drinking out of the same water containers and water fountains. And that's how this is going to, this stuff spreads. And then, you know, um, we're starting to see teachers and, and there's two teachers in San Antonio that died just recently. The superintendent at Flower Bluff passed away. I think there's 10 educators in Texas that have died since May. And it's just going to this, you know, everybody wanting to have games and contests. And I think this is just, I don't know if it's worth it. I don't either. I don't either. And I really don't, but it's, it's scary. And, but I, but I keep getting people coming back at me. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And I'm, I'm scaring people. I'm not scaring people. I'm being realistic. Well, I'm going on the doctor's advice. What? And like I told you, good. People need to be scared. That's the problem is not enough people are scared. And they need to be because this is a scary, scary situation that is going but on. People think it's all a bunch of BS. Well, still. you know what? I mean. I know. It's just. They're the people that, like I said, have said numerous times, and I don't care if I'm, you know, going to hell in a handbasket for saying it, fine, they'll be down there waiting for me. Because those are the people that I, if they get sick, or if they do test positive, they better not do not show your face at a hospital, you don't deserve to have care, you don't deserve because if you if you have the nerve to sit there and call bullshit, when there is people putting their lives on the line, taking care of people who have had to deal with this situation it's just wrong it is so wrong and i don't know how well, people can sit there and think that when everything around you is going on the way that it is and you've probably seen these videos of these people in these grocery stores i saw one today about a guy going off on uh one of the employees that had a mask on he's like you know you're part of the problem you're buying into their to their 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 message and this guy was ranting and raving. They ended up kicking his ass out of the store and he was F bombing him. And I'm like, cause he doesn't want to wear a mask, but you know, you gotta, everybody needs to come together and we'll get past this, but everybody's got to do their part. Otherwise we're going to keep going on and on and on. This is never going to go away. No, I agree. Well, we'll get off of our rant. I know people I know. sometimes get tired of it, but it's important. And like I said, uh, you know, I've had my mom now with it, you know, who, who's had it. And now to hear that my dying grandmother in the nursing home is now tested positive. Um, yeah. It's, I'm sorry to hear you that. know, it's, 
it's been a lot. So, um, anyway, my, Mike, I just, as we were talking about 20 minutes ago, I went and posted your latest NHRA update. It is now up on the website and out there and on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and we'll soon, probably by the time this show gets up and airing, you'll have it on the platforms, the podcast platforms as well. Talk to me a little bit about what we have on the update. And then there was a, a pretty, uh, tragic situation that happened. Yeah, well, let's uh, do the positive first. Okay, yes, please. <laughs> we'll on let's the ne- get off the, the negative. Ne- <laughs> they were blowing the horns, the train horns up in Indiana. <laughs> uh, Dawn, uh, uh, Sunday, uh, Steve Torrance gets the victory in top fuel over Terry McMillan. Man, it was a pedal fest. Uh, they, they started smoking and spinning the tires, and Steve barely won. He won in top field. Ron Capps got the victory in Funny Car. Uh, Jake Coughlin Jr. won in Pro Stock, and then Angel Sampe. Very emotional win for her. Uh, she's a three-time champion. Hasn't won a race since 2016. Hmm. Comes back the last couple of years. She's been on a comeback tour, basically, and has had just nothing but plagued with trouble and bad luck and she gets the win in pro stock motorcycle this is incredible emotional meltdown for her and in, in uh, victory lane there at the end of the drag strip when they interviewed her and we have all the audio um on the nhra uh, on the nhra update it was the uh, uh the race was at uh lucas oil raceway it was the fifth race of the of the 16 race season that they're going to have this year and we're now off until Labor Day weekend where they have the U.S. Nationals that's that's coming next. So pretty good drag race, Don. Um, I don't know what their ratings were, but uh been showing the, the races out on Fox, on the Fox Network. Uh-huh. So they're, they're getting pretty good uh, national exposure right now. And um, on and uh, but but uh, we had a little tragedy take place after the, the event later that night. One of the crew members, Dom Lagana. He uh, is a crew member on um, kind of like a crew chief, you might say, in that kind of capacity, one of the head tuners for Steve Torrance. Dom and his brother Bobby, um, Bobby Lagana, they both, they've, they're both former racers. They've raced before. Matter of fact, both of them have raced right here in San Antonio at San Antonio Raceway in the IHRA. They've been, I've seen them at racing out there before when they used to have the Nitro Jam, but uh, they were in a, like a 1957 um, SUV kind of truck kind of um, I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. It was an older vintage truck that they were rich. rich I think it was Richie Crampton. He's another racer uh, was driving and something happened. They ran off the road and hit either a tree or something. They were involved in a really bad accident and uh, wow. all three drivers were hurt. Uh, Dom Lagana was uh, listed as critical uh, as of Monday, uh, as of today, I think he's still in, in, in intensive care, recovering from his injuries. I'm we're hoping that he'll make a full recovery, but it's been um, a really tragic situation. Uh, the other two guys had a <laughs> minor injuries, but I think they were still in the hospital as well as of uh, this morning. So uh, don't have any updates, but um, it took the drag racing world by surprise yeah god that's terrible 
Yeah, I saw some yeah. posts about that on Twitter, too, and um, people talked about, you know, again, though, you get to see how that NHRA family rallies together, and they were all rallying well, together, so. Um, and I, I saw it was Steve Torrance who broke the news pretty much out on Twitter with the tweet that he did saying that they were, he, they had gotten word, because like I said, Dom is one of his head tuners, so he and Richard Hogan are the two head tuners there for Billy and Steve Torrance there on, on that Capco contractors, uh, Draxers and Dom helps them. And, um, so they, I don't know if the guys are out celebrating or if they were tired, but they were basically going to, um, where one of them lives by the race shop. They were just, just down the street from there where they were going to wind up for the night. Mm. And, um, and that's a lot of times they say accidents happen within a couple of miles from your home. Yep. That's true. And, and that's what happened. So terrible yeah. news. Yeah. Terrible news. But anyway, the drag racing returns on Labor Day weekend, U.S. nationals. And so I won't have any more updates until uh, first week of September. Okay. All right. Well, uh, any other big news that you have seen or. Uh... No, just, you know, the watching to see what drivers resign and contracts the silly season. If Keep an eye on that. I'm keeping an eye on um, the uh, road course race at Daytona this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Again, that's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, I don't know. Is is are the trucks in uh, Xfinity running this week or? Um. Yes. Oh yeah. So Xfinity is Saturday, August fifteenth, three o'clock, the UNOH one eighty eight at the Daytona Road Course. Okay, so the Xfinity car is going to run the road course. I did not know that. I've been so focused on this NHRA returning. I haven't even really paying attention to the next Xfinity race. But, um, well, that's going to be interesting to see how those guys in that class do on that track. And the Sunoco 159 on Sunday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, Daytona International Speedway Road Course for the Truck Series. All right, so we have a triple header this weekend yep all three will be racing so uh what time is that daytona race going to be let's see the go bowling 235 sunday august 16th at 3 p.m eastern time so immediately after that truck race will be the daytona international speedway road course race for the cup series so lots of racing from Daytona this weekend. It'll be interesting. It'll be fun. And Mike, we will definitely uh, be covering it as soon as it happens. If anything else breaks this week, we will get on it. Um, may or may not do a preview because we pretty much just did a preview. So, um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll 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 see what happens later on in the week. But um, again, we wish we want to send our best wishes to everyone there over on the NHRA side that was involved in that wreck and just with the NHRA family in general. Uh, hope everything goes well and hope all of you stay safe. And again, thank you so much for tuning in and make sure to check out Mike's NHRA update as well. And Mike, I'll guess I'll be talking with you soon. All right. We'll see you later in the week. All right. Thanks so much, guys.